Hello, everyone. You're listening to Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke, a podcast where we tell true scary stories. Today is very special because uh, I, Katie Wiggins, am joined by my dear friend Odin Carlston, who is a designer, an anarchist, uh, a vibe setter, uh, yeah, uh, a beanie, a beanie wearer, a New Yorker. I am known to wear the occasional beanie. The newest sar of rats. Did you see that they posted that as a, a job they're looking to hire? A rat sar T S A R. I did not know that was on the table. Well, it has a really good salary, so if you were looking to change look positions, they're looking to challenge the, the grips that the rats have on New York, and maybe that could be your job. They are unchallengeable. I say let them run the city and just <laughs> give in. I say give them a shot. We've never fully given yeah. them a chance. Ratatouille style. Exactly. <laughs> Control us. I want a rat in every city worker's hair. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> Okay, so we're we're gonna have today's a listener episode, uh, which is it's so terrible and sad that Morgan is bringing new life into the world because she loves listener episodes. <laughs> so this episode is dedicated to her while she is on maternity leave, and this first story is very very much up her alley. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my god, I have an amazing ghost story to tell, email it to me at letters to camp at gmail.com. And you, too, will get your day in the sun. All right. This is from Selena. You ready, Odin? You ready for a story? I am super ready. I'm excited. Awesome. Uh, it says, hello, Morgan and Katie. Uh, I discovered your pot and Odin. They didn't realize. I discovered your <laughs> podcast about two months ago when I began a new job as a mail carrier. The spooky stories, hilarious banter, and wonderful accents have made my long, solitary days in the mail truck so enjoyable. That, I, Katie, have to say, I think mail carrier is such a fucking awesome job. (laughs) I think that is such a cool job to have. It's hot. (laughs) Yes. In every connotation of that word. Uh, And I hope you have amazing (laughs) government benefits. (laughs) I want to share my most significant spooky happening with you. Please allow me to set the scene. My happening occurred about seven years ago when I was living in Lubbock, Texas, which is where Morgan went to college. My family and I moved from Florida to Lubbock in early 2013 and moved into a rental home in what was then considered the up-and-coming part of town, parentheses, as if Lubbock actually has an up-and-coming part of town. This area was very newly developed and our rental house stood in the last row of homes created in the subdivision. If you walked out of our front door and walked across the street that ran in front, you were then standing in the middle of a mesquite tree field. There were literally no other buildings or homes as far as you could see across the field. Have you ever been someplace like this, Odin? I'm from New England. (laughs) I'm imagining like a tumbleweed. Um, you know, there actually are a lot of tumbleweeds in Lubbock. That's actually accurate. Wind okay. and dust so is like maybe some tumbleweeds is a real and significant problem there. I hear. So she says, my mom and I are somewhat artsy and would often go walking through the mesquite field looking for interesting feathers, rocks, sticks, etc. that could be used in various projects we had going on. We had even started a little pile in the backyard of sticks and branches that we wanted to use in the future. 
It's great. Cute. I love it. Now is a good time to mention that along with my family, I also moved into this house with my two dogs, Cole and Callie. Cole, a black lab pit bull mix, came to me through special circumstances when I was 12 years old. I had undergone a traumatic event at the time, and Cole's entrance into my life was truly a saving grace. Instantly, we were so connected, so bonded to each other. He was my shadow. Anywhere I went, he went. We had been together 12 years when we, when we moved to Lubbock. He was beginning to get up in age, and I was even more attentive to his behavior than usual, checking his breathing rate and gum color at any sign of discomfort. Parentheses, yes, I am that crazy dog mom. That is so sweet. It is really sweet. A few months after moving in, I started feeling uneasy at times in the house, specifically in my bedroom. It wasn't daily at first, but quite often I would notice that I would have the sudden urge to get up and run out of my room. You know that feeling when walking to the bathroom or kitchen in the middle of the night and you don't want to look behind you because you feel like someone is about to grab your shoulder from behind? Yeah, that feeling. Once, when I had been rearranging my bedroom closet to allow for some new shoes, I felt so uncomfortable sitting in my closet that I had to stop what I was doing for a while and come back to it later. I felt the need to prop the door open with something heavy when I did return because for some reason I felt I would get trapped inside by, quote, something if I didn't leave it open. I also began to notice some odd behavior from Cole. He always slept at the side of my bed, and some nights I would wake up and find him missing from the room, only to go searching and find him laying in the living room. I would call him and coax him to come with me back to my room. Some nights he would follow me back in there, and some nights he wouldn't. Other nights, I would wake to find him sitting up, staring at my bedroom doorway. Normally, a sound side sleeper... (laughs) Odin's face just, like, scrunched in disgust... (laughs) I don't like pets staring into space in the middle of the night. That just does not sit right with me. Normally a sound side sleeper, this behavior was odd for him. For a couple months, we struggled through the nights, me constantly waking up to check on him, see if he was awake and sitting up, or if he was even in the room, going to find him and trying to bring him back. I finally told my parents about his behavior, telling them, It was like he wanted to be away from something in my room, that he would watch the doors and corners and leave the room like he didn't want to be in there with what he saw. Once my dad responded with, I didn't want to say anything, but a little bit back I was asleep and felt someone pull my leg like they were trying to pull me down the bed. I thought it was one of you trying to wake me up, but I looked around, no one was there. Then I noticed I was so far down the bed, my head wasn't even on the pillow anymore. (laughs) My dad is a six foot, 250 pound man. Pulling him that far down the bed in one quick tug would not have been easy. This just, this just hit me that this is a story coming from someone who listens to your podcast. I'm like, this is a (laughs) like real person writing this in. Their dad's getting pulled down the bed in the middle of the night. Oh my God. Like, this is, like, scarier than, like, just some, like, random story you would hear. I'm like, this is from, like, someone who's writing a letter to my friend. Like, this is just a person. Oh, my God. I could respond (gasps) and and ask how her day is. And she would likely respond and say, Katie, leave me alone. I just want your (laughs) podcast 
I don't want to be your friend. <laughs> Stop emailing me. Um, yeah, normal people have crazy, crazy experiences all the time. It's honestly astonishing. One of the craziest experiences that a close friend of mine has had, she is a skeptic and she doesn't even really believe in mm. ghosts, but it happened to her and she's just like, yeah, can't explain that. Anyway, and <laughs> she just like moves on. Like people have crazy experiences. So... She continues, one night I woke to find Cole sitting up and watching my open bedroom door again. I sl- <laughs> the way Odin just like scrunches up their mouth and nose and just shakes. The bedroom shakes door her. thing just really like bothers me for some reason. It's creepy. I know. I woke to find Cole sitting up and watching my open bedroom door again. I slowly shifted my eyes from Cole to the bedroom door to see if I saw anything. My grandmother's bedroom door was right beside mine, so I wondered if maybe she had recently walked by to go to the bathroom. After a couple minutes of seeing no movement in the hallway outside, Cole's head suddenly jolts to new attention focused at the door. At the same time, my other dog's head lifts up from her bed to stare at the doorway. Ugh. Feeling my heart begin to beat more rapidly, but being unable to look away from the doorway, I saw a slight movement. A dark something, darker than the darkness of the house. The movement continued until I could make out the shape of an arm. A dark shadow arm slowly reaching into my room towards the knob of the open door. My eyes slowly worked their way upward to reveal an entire shadow body, neck, and head, at least six feet tall. My first thought was that I must be having sleep paralysis, even though I'd never had it before. I began to wiggle my fingers and toes to see if I was paralyzed, but everything moved on command. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh! God. Without- okay, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Without taking my eyes off the figure, I moved my head slightly to test again, and my head moved freely. I was not under paralysis. The figure had seen my head movement. Whereas I was going to say, I'm like, don't move. I feel like <laughs> if I was in this situation, I wouldn't want to know if I had sleep paralysis or not, because I would be so scared that I would not be moving. Like, there is no way. Oh, man. I would have, like, thrown up in my mouth and swallowed it and thrown <laughs> up again, like, so many times. It would just be, like, continuous. Exactly. It's like, there is no way you could get a wiggle out of me. Not happening. I'm not breathing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The figure had seen my head movement. Whereas before it was straight on facing my door, I could now tell that its upper half was angled towards me in my bed. No. It was almost like I caught it off guard. I froze with fear, afraid to breathe, afraid it would begin moving towards me. Its dark, featureless head stared at me for what felt like hours but was only moments, and then it continued slowly reaching towards the door again. I watched as its hand grabbed the knob, began pulling my door closed. <laughs> Shh, nighty night. Oh it looked God. it looked down at Cole, who was staring right at this thing as if it were a person he saw every day, and then it looked back to me all the while slowly pulling my door closed. With the door pulled closed, Cole stood and paced around the room, not settling. 
I remained frozen with fear, not knowing what to do. All I could think was that even with as scared as I was, I didn't feel like the figure was there to cause any harm. A thought had come into my mind, and as I lay there thinking about what had happened, the thought didn't go away. The thought was, it was closing the door to shut the room off from the rest of the house. It was closing the door to keep what was in this room away from the rest of the house. When I was unafraid enough to get out of bed, I moved myself and the dogs into the living room and crashed on the couch. Cole immediately fell soundly asleep for the first time in months. Hmm. Remember that pile of mesquite sticks in the backyard saved for a later purpose? Well, at some point, I had used some sticks to make a huge dream catcher to hang above my bed. I had made many dream catchers in the past and would either hang them in the window or on the patio or even give them as gifts. Though I have several Native American tribes in my family tree, I'm sad to say I know nothing about dream catcher creation etiquette. I was simply making them because I enjoyed the process and liked how they looked. After experiencing the figure, along with other smaller occurrences, I asked a sensitive friend of mine to come over one day with my family while my family was gone to see what she could feel about the house. See, she said she felt conflicting things in the house, like the bad was trying to be pushed out by the good, but it wasn't making it easy. Was this a Native American presence acting out because of the recent disturbance to the land? Or maybe something else entirely. She seemed to think that the dark energy in my room had been there, and that perhaps the dream catcher had allowed Native American spirits to enter the home and protect us from the dark spirit. I don't know what to think, other than it's not all right to play with things you're not informed about because you never know what door you could be opening. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? (laughs) I never experienced anything else like seeing the shadow figure that night, but I never felt comfortable in my room. From that night on, I slept on the living room sofa along with my dogs. I never spent another night in my bedroom. It should be said that while this house, that while in this house, my dad felt the pulling sensation several more times. My grandmother had a massive heart attack and stroke, and my mother developed breast cancer and underwent a double mastectomy. Cole passed away a year after these events. I entered a very dark mental state during this time with the loss of Cole and the near loss of my grandmother and the terrifying uncertainty of my mother's health. If dark energy feeds off of sadness and anger, it was feasting on my energy. We eventually moved to another house, which I'm thankful to say was lovely and never produced any spooky happenings. But I've often wondered if anything has occurred to the people who've lived in our old house since we left it. I can't thank you ladies enough for listening to my story, Lady, in this case, and for making this podcast. It truly is the brightest part of my week. Keep the spooks coming. Love, Selena. Wow. Oh my God, Selena. Holy moly. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like I was right there with her, like watching that spirit close that door. Oh my God. The fact that it was, like, trying to perform a task and was, like, interrupted by noticing her awake and was just like, huh. Hi, Cole. And then just, like, pulling the door closed. Like, what? What are you doing out there? What am I doing in here? Mm -hmm. Why are you closing the door? This is so weird. Although it does sound like 
some pretty straightforward shadow person behavior Mm -hmm. and shadow people are something that's like not very well understood what the deal is but people have been seeing them forever and they're always described as like blacker than black darker than dark often very tall and thin sometimes wearing a hat Mm -hmm. and they just seem to hang around and sometimes they do really scary things and other times they just seem totally neutral and just like sort of peeking into our dimension for whatever reason it's deranged to think about Mm -hmm. but that's what we do on this podcast the thing that like gets me that's interesting too is like as i I mentioned briefly i'm from new england so i'm very well versed in like old hauntings like you know ghosts of old little maidens walking around and stuff creaking (laughs) floorboards so like the the new development kind of stuff of like this is a brand new house in the middle of nowhere like that's like extra scary to me because it's something i'm also like unfamiliar with where i'm like like I wouldn't know what to do with that. So, yeah, that's that's yeah. real spooky. Particularly in the Southwest. And Lubbock is very Southwest. Like, that's just desert out there. Mm-hmm. And you can, I mean, with, you know, mesquite trees and lizards and tumbleweeds and all that stuff. Like, like it's a very spiritually charged area. Oh, my God. And I've heard, mm-hmm. I've heard a lot, a lot of ghost stories from the Southwest mm-hmm. in particular. I think, like, darker than dark is such an interesting description of that too because i've been to joshua tree which Mm -hmm. is also like obviously in the middle of the desert and i remember feeling like like shocked at how dark it is there at night like it's like you Mm. you can't see anything like it feels like you're just like in a void basically i feel like i'm gonna be i'm i'm scared now i've got the spooks you'll be just fine (laughs) it's also like a really gloomy rainy day here it's like four o'clock like the sun's starting to set i'm like this is this is a spook hour over here for me our next story is called a lifetime of ghost stories i welcome you to share my stories but i just ask that you give me a spooky name and a spooky location a clattering skeleton teeth jones i have been a paramedic for 20 years and taking care of patients in life-threatening situations can become complicated can become complicated if people think that you can interact with the paranormal. Parentheses. Curiously, when we respond to a person not breathing or unresponsive, and I can sense the spirit presence, the person can never be resuscitated. We still try everything, of course, but if the spirit is clearly evident at the scene, I have never been able to resuscitate the body. I first want to tell you the story of when I first realized that I was having an experience that I was having experiences. My partner and one of my best friends in the world, Jeannie, and I responded to a 911 call for a woman not breathing. When we arrived, it was clear that the woman was dead. She was elderly and laying peacefully on the couch. The husband told us that she had laid down on the couch to watch TV while he was preparing dinner. When the dinner was ready, the husband came to check on her and she wasn't responding. He called 911. When we arrived, the patient had had unfortunately passed and there was nothing we could do. We broke the very sad news to her husband of 20 years. While talking, suddenly my partner noticed me watching someone walk from the living room towards the bedrooms. 
A door slammed. I asked who that was, and the husband said, There's nobody here but us in this room. I looked at Jeannie, who immediately asked, What did you see? She told me she saw me watching a person walk out of the room, and when my eyes reached the hallway, the bedroom door slammed. So they all heard the slam, but they were just watching Mm. his eyes follow something they could not see. Mm. It turns out everyone in my life has known that I have some connection to the paranormal, except for me. Mm. One day, I asked my mom if I could talk to her about something, and she said, So you saw a ghost? I was shocked, but clearly the answer was yes. Huh. I imagine it's sort of like when you come out and uh-huh. your parent is like, I know, sweetheart. Thanks for telling me. Exactly. <laughs> I'm so glad you felt comfortable finally sharing this with me. <laughs> exactly. They're like, oh, the, the ghosts that you see all the time. Yeah. And he's like, Go- you know? They're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to come out of the broom closet. (laughs) So my mom went on to tell me that when I was a young child, all kinds of mysterious stuff happened around me. My great grandmother's home, where I spent much of my childhood, was a large old Dutch colonial house. She explained that one night they put me to bed and I wouldn't stop crying. Suddenly I did stop. And when she came upstairs, there was a red balloon tied to my wrist and I was playing with it. The balloons were left over from an older kid's birthday party earlier in the evening and were all in the living room. I was in what used to be the butler's bedroom back in the 1920s, which is in the attic two floors away. There's no way for the balloon to have come upstairs with me. She went on to say that there was this early century portrait of my great-great-grandfather, who I believe committed suicide on Black Tuesday. Oh my God. There is an eerie resemblance between he and I. Whenever I would be upset or something would be bothering me as a child, this portrait would fly off the wall. After the night at that house, after the night at that house with the dead elderly woman and after talking to my mom, I started putting odd things together that had been that had long been going on. For instance, I would often find weird things in my refrigerator. My keys, phone, toilet paper. I had roommates for some time, but a portion lived alone. I actually was getting so freaked out by things being moved around when I was not home or asleep that I thought an old tenant may have still had a key and was messing with me. As time went on, it was apparent there was a spirit in my house. My mom gave me one piece of caution when I talked to her about these things. Never engage. She said that her mother had a similar gift and that she thought there was a friendly presence or maybe the entity to which she was talking was friendly, but ultimately through the communication opened a very dark door. She didn't elaborate more on that. The spirit in my house began making itself more and more known. I actually put up a camera to catch some of the doors opening and closing, the lights going nuts, etc. On one night, while my friends and I were at the beach on vacation, I got a motion notification. We turned on the camera and watched as the kitchen cupboard door opened, peanut butter and a can flew out and the door closed. I feel like it has to know at that point that you're filming it and that you can see it. That's me, Katie, making that observation. This is a little aside, but I have also found um, like keys and my phone in the fridge, but it turned out I had ADD. 
Just, just thought everyone should know that there was no spirit in my house. It was me doing the haunting. <laughs> oh, yeah. If I'm distracted while I'm putting things away, I like almost literally threw away my underwear the other day <laughs> instead of putting it in the hamper. I was just like, okay, I'm going to throw this away. I'm going to put this in the hamper. And I was just like, bye-bye underwear. And then like things end up in crazy places. Like, like don't, don't put things away while under the influence of distraction. <laughs> One day, Jeannie and I had a particularly disgusting call. Parentheses. Think bugs and excrement. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> oh. We took the ambulance back to my house so we could take showers and change. I was in the shower and the lights started flickering. Jeannie was aware of the incidents and she said, that's enough, Frank. She picked the name randomly. Every light and electronic in the house turned off. Jeannie never engaged again. All of that, parentheses, all of the activity in that house was pretty mild. Doors, cabinets, drawers, stuff being moved, etc. I stopped getting startled by slamming doors in the middle of the night. When I bought my house and was getting ready to move out, that's when it escalated and things got a little hairy. One night I was at the house packing when the power went out. I called the power company when I was driving to my new home because nobody else seemed to be experiencing an outage. The operator said there was a power surge and I needed to reset the main breaker in the basement. So I went downstairs and immediately the door slammed and I couldn't get it open again. Oh, I was no. going to say, I'm like, the fact that the thing's in the basement, I'm like, whatever this thing is, because to me, slamming doors and cabinets and peanut butter flying out of the cabinets is, I'm like, that's not mild to me and that's like <laughs> extreme and like the most i've had from ghost experiences like creepy feelings and sounds you know i've never like seen things happen mm -hmm. so hearing that the power goes out and the only way to deal with it is to go down into the basement i'm like this thing is messing with you on purpose it's getting you mm -hmm. down there Listen. Teeth chattering tin. <laughs> so I went downstairs and immediately the door slammed and I couldn't get it open again. There were sounds of claws running across the floors up above. When I escaped, I called the power company back and the message said you had to leave a message or call back during business hours. I had called and talked to a non-existent operator at 10 p.m. Oh. When they hadn't been open. Oh, no. Oh, my. I have nothing to say. That's just horrific. <laughs> the fact that a ghost... Well, this sounds very poltergeisty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, if, I feel like if I was an afterlife creature, I would be a poltergeist because it sounds fun as hell. But just, like, oh, would yeah. have to, like, just uh, shoot their little energy into the phone and be like, <clears throat> Hello, you've reached the, like, office of power and outages did you have an outage to report like that is so funny and then just like hangs up and it's just like <laughs> like that is like, so funny to, to me basement so mischievous and yeah. <laughs> uh, disturbing just, like, gremlin-y yeah. funny but no harm comes to um skeleton teeth I guess it's all just for a little spook, but it's a little bit mean. It's a little mean. You know, it's kind of like bullying, in my opinion. You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, but being mean is also kind of fun sometimes. Yeah, it's true. Don't tell anyone we said this off the record. Don't spread the word, <laughs> but being mean, it, it is fun. Uh, skeleton Teeth continues. Another one of our best friends, Rich, lived not far from me. 
I had pronounced an elderly woman dead in his house before he rented it. Skeleton teeth, you are on another level. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm like, this like, again, this is a real person that wrote this to you. It's like, this sounds like someone wrote it for a TV show. But I just imagine his friend being like, I'm over on 926 Oak. And he's like, oh, yeah. Beautiful apartment. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Susanna Huffman. It's a nice place. Uh, She was in a hospital bed with a terminal disease in the living room. He was okay living somewhere where that had happened. It was a peaceful death, and he is also a paramedic. Parentheses. We see things very differently than most people. Close parentheses. Yeah, that makes sense. Rich was very sick one night and having an asthma attack, but he was being stubborn and not going to the hospital and trying to treat it at home instead. Parentheses. Paramedics are worse worse patients than doctors. Mm -hmm. If you are not literally dying... We fix it ourselves. Ugh. He asked me to come hang out with him. We both fell asleep on an L-shaped couch. I blinked my eyes a couple times, and it was like a weird, old-timey scene. When I experience what I call, quote, period spirits, or someone that seems trapped in a different era, through my eyes, the scenes look like a layering of transparency over a picture. Like I see prominently the real life scene, but then the same place decades ago is sort of double exposed on top of it. Wow. So I'm laying in the living room and I can see everything that is really there. But also there is other older furniture and there are different pictures on the mantle of the old woman that died in the living room and her husband. I blinked again, confused. And then suddenly realized there was a woman sitting next to Rich's head, putting a dripping rag on his forehead and rubbing his back. I sat straight up and she looked at me and smiled, put a finger to her lips, stood up, wiped her hands on her apron and walked through the kitchen. She went through a pair of those swinging half doors you see on westerns or old TV shows. That was something that didn't exist in the house today. I really believe she was watching over and caring for Rick. Rich. Caring for Rich. Wow. That is such a sweet story. It is really sweet. Skeleton Teeth continues, The only time I ever saw anything truly dark or evil, he asked me to watch his puppy once while he was on vacation. So this is at the same house, I believe. Mm -hmm. She wasn't totally house trained yet, so I stayed at their house instead of bringing her to mine. (laughs) I was asleep on the couch after a long day at work when suddenly the dog, Ellie, woke me up. She was standing on the couch with her paws on the headrest, just snarling towards the steps. Just having woken up, I had to go to the bathroom. I stood up and went to the steps, but Ellie jumped off the couch and blocked me. She is the sweetest little golden retriever, but she growled at me. I said, knock it off, and tried to walk around her, and she grabbed my leg with her mouth. Didn't actually bite me, but was holding me there. I yelled, for fuck's sake, I have to take a piss, and turned on the light switch that activated the upstairs hall light. The steps went up along the wall, then made a 90-degree turn to turn to the right out of sight. There's a window at the top of the steps on the left wall where the steps turn. I looked up. And there was the scariest thing I have ever seen in my life in the reflection of the window. It was very Babadook-esque. 
The features weren't clearly discernible, but you could see a scary silhouette and crazy hair. The figure itself was black, true absence of light, but the features were high contrast, like the eyes were brilliantly piercing white and the lips and teeth were white with a snarling, menacing smile. I was in my underwear, grabbed Ellie, and left. I didn't put clothes on, didn't put her collar on, didn't get her leash or food, just left. (sighs) Probably a good call. I also love that it's like the middle of the night, which also indicates that this thing was just like out, like doing its little midnight dance. (laughs) Looking for some peanut butter. (laughs) Literally just like long spooky spider legs walking through buildings and looking in and being like, humanity, how frail they are. Well, I think... Okay, what I was picturing was, like, when the light turns on, like, it was, like, you could suddenly see, like, the window turned into a mirror, like, it was inside the house. Let me reread what he says. He says... Either way. (laughs) Craziest thing I have ever seen in my life in the reflection of the window. So, I'm not sure if that means it was on the other side, like, Mm -hmm. outside of the house looking in. Or if he looked in the window and reflected back to him in the room... That he couldn't see physically in front of him is this thing that's in the room with him. Either way, don't interrupt <laughs> his mid- his midnight dance because you will be scared fucking shitless. <laughs> Grab the dog and go. Oh my god. My current house seems to have the spirit of the husband of the elderly woman who sold me the house. The happenings are very mild comparatively. Not everywhere I go has a presence. And I don't think I'm always totally aware of entities that are in my immediate vicinity. I've never gotten the sense that anything is necessarily attached to me. I think it's more of a Whoopi Goldberg situation, like in the movie Ghost. Although nobody has ever tried to jump in my body and make out with Demi Moore, like in the movie Ghost. I am a medical professional and a man of science. If you would have told me 10 years ago that we were surrounded by spirits, then they were constantly trying to interact with me, I would have called you crazy. Through these experiences, I've realized that it would be foolish for us to think that the paranormal isn't at least possible, much like the aliens exist argument. I've learned that this is just part of my life and something exceptional that I get to experience. Strangely, and I don't say this for sympathy or anything like that, the ghosts I experience in this way are nowhere near as dark and terrifying as the real-life interactions and horrors that I've had as a paramedic for 20 years. Perhaps that's why I've never really been afraid. I want to thank you two for at least taking a moment to read my story, and I hope maybe some of this will make a debut on my new favorite podcast. P.S. I really want to hear you do a Pittsburgh accent. It's about time my hometown was represented in Pennsylvania. Can you do a Pittsburgh accent, Katie? I only know like a general Philadelphia accent doing like water and home and motor oil and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Just sort of round and loo. Sort of weird O's. (laughs) But I don't know like a... I don't know like a, I don't know like a specific Pittsburgh versus Philadelphia versus Delco. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't know how that all. I don't know the the nuances. <laughs> so I um do some work 
outside of Pittsburgh. Um, and a lot of our, like, I just interact with a lot of Pittsburghians. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard the accent for the first time and I was shocked because I've heard a lot of like very strong regional American accents in my life. And mm-hmm. it was like nothing I had ever heard. It's like almost Southern. <laughs> but it's like, like the, it's really those O's. My coworker's name is Motoki, um, and the guy was like, "Hey, Motoki!" Like it's like literally like it's <laughs> Motoki. It like, wow, all of yous over there. <laughs> I love a Pittsburgh accent. The the best word for it, I feel like, is motorol. Motorol yeah. <laughs> is how I get into Maryland and Baltimore, mm. and I feel like that sort of mid Atlantic. Boom, boom, sort of round, <laughs> like that's it's like a boing, flick boing. in a spring, yeah. It is, it is. It's almost like a mouth harp, boing, 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 boing. like it's, it's such an unusual accent, and I, love I it. don't feel like it gets any <laughs> you never hear it in movies or TV shows. Like, maybe eventually, after Pennsylvania gets its day in the media, I'll be able to do a better one for you, skeleton teeth, uh, veteran paramedic. <laughs> All right, my friends, become a patron if you want to be a patron. I have lots of goodies uh, down there. Find me and us on Instagram. You can find Odin. Odin, do you want to be found anywhere or you want to stay mysterious? Yeah, sure. I'm a, I'm a designer, so people can hit me up if they want to. I'll just plug my personal Instagram, which is at ODD underscore IN underscore Yeah, and Odin is in the New York City and Pittsburgh areas <laughs> for, for catch future. me outside of Pittsburgh <laughs> uh, catch them outside of Pittsburgh catch them in Amish country and uh, and with that I'm gonna say have a spooky night filled with Babadook dream- wait hold on Morgan usually says the second part can I even remember what it is have a spooky night filled with restless dreams of haunted Babadookian things okay that works bye bye <laughs>